Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Today on Conflict Managed, we are joined by Courtney Eccles, Director of Weekly County Prevention Coalition. Courtney is a Jackson, Tennessee native and graduated from the University of Tennessee at Martin with a Bachelor of Science in Sociology. She served as the Weekly County Prevention Coalition Program Coordinator from 2015 to 2018 before assuming the director role. Her top goal is to ensure the coalition remains a well-known resource to community members and implement effective strategies to reduce substance misuse and abuse among youth and young adults in the county. She has extensive experience in planning, leadership development, team facilitation, and cross-sector collaboration and engagement. She also is a certified responsible beverage service instructor, certified prevention specialist, and graduate of CADCA Academy. She lives in Martin, Tennessee with her husband, Cameron, and their two children, Jalen and Allie. She serves on various civic and volunteer groups and is passionate about helping others and making the community safer. Good morning, Courtney. Welcome to Conflict Managed. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, this has been a long time in the works. We've been planning to get together for months, and I'm happy that today is the day. We have. I think I've gone back and forth for a while now, so I'm excited to be able to finally do this and have some conversations um, surrounding conflict. Absolutely. My least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> you know, ironically, because this is what I do for a living, conflict mm-hmm. is not my favorite either. Um, so, but let's talk about you. Why don't you tell us about your work history from the very first job you ever had to the present? Okay. So from my very first job, I'd say before I finished school and college, um, I worked at TJ Maxx. Um, so that was just to get me through school. And then I worked at a um, local place called um, St. John's where we work with intellectually disabled individuals. Um, and after I finished school at UT Martin with my bachelor's in 2014, I worked at a local bank here in town. Um, and I worked there for about a year or so and realized that is not where I wanted to be. So in 2015, in December of that year, I ended up uh, working with the coalition. Um, and I've been here ever since. I assumed the role of director in 2018, and I've been enjoying it um, ever since then. So just a little bit about me. That's an interesting trajectory. What did you major in in college? Well, <laughs> So I went to school with the high ambition of becoming a pediatrician. So I started off as a biology major and realized that um, that was just not meant for me. I couldn't pass organic chemistry. And then I didn't like blood or broken bones. So I just didn't see that working out for me. Um, And so I ended up um, with sociology because I knew I wanted to work with people. Um, And so that is where I landed. And I'm so thankful that I ended up going down that path, which I still kept my minor in biology um, because I went so long with that major. But I'm thankful that I ended up with sociology um, in the long run. So, yeah. And so when you graduated, you said your first job post-graduation was at a bank. Yes, it was at a mm bank. So so why why a bank? Well, uh, at the time there weren't, many opening uh, position openings. And so I went for whatever I saw and I was like, well, banking would be pretty cool. Let's just try that out and see how, you know, which there were certain aspects of it that I did enjoy, but 
there were some things that made me, you know, realize that this was not where I wanted to be. And so that's how I ended up in banking, not, you know, not knowing where I wanted to be, but that was what was there at the time. So, you know, just like choosing majors, uh, those first jobs can be so informative of what it is that we want, uh, what kind of work we want to be involved in. And I mean, every place that we work, we have so much that we learn from the people around us of uh, what we like and what we want to emulate and what we definitely don't want in our work environments. So when you think about the jobs that you've had so far, what stands out as the best experience, either with an individual or an organization? So are you saying standing out as in like the best experience? Best. Yeah, best experience. Okay. I would definitely have to say the coalition. Um, I feel like across the board, director-wise, boss-wise, experience, overall, I would definitely have to say the coalition without a doubt. Um, because it's just opened so many opportunities for me. Um, and I've had such supportive um, directors before me, before I assumed this role, who were um, supportive of me in different ways that pushed me to grow as um, a professional and personally. Um, so I'm very thankful for them um, and the foundation that they laid before me to allow me to do what I do today. And I feel like the environment, when you think of a work environment, I love my family. And so family is very important here and it's not frowned upon. Like I can bring my family around and be supported. Like it's encouraged to bring your family around and have that space for them. So I'm very thankful to have a space that encourages bringing your family around. And it's not, you know, a taboo if you bring your kids around the work or anything of that nature. So I always admire people. So I have three boys um, who are teenagers and now beyond in the 20s. And I've always admired people who brought their children to work and environments that were family friendly, because that seems like such a holistic approach. If you want to help your workforce uh, be happy and engaged, it's engaging them at whatever stage in life. And so if they are at that stage of choosing to have children and having kids, embracing that. So- mm-hmm. When you think, so right now you're the director of the Weekly County um, Prevention Coalition, and you mentioned the director or directors before you modeling really good practices and uh, mentoring you professionally and personally. What kinds of things did they or an individual do that really resonated with you? Okay. Uh, So my first director, um, which she left shortly after I came, but when I started, I wasn't used to having someone who um, allowed me as much freedom as I had when I started here. I was like, oh, wow, what is what is this? This is this is new. I've not had this much freedom and autonomy in the workplace. And so um, she encouraged me to you know, write down your thoughts. What is it that you want to do? What is your vision? What do you want to see happen here? Um, And so that freedom and autonomy to do, you know, what I envisioned was one of the best things that I've ever experienced as an employee um, because I've never had that before. And with my second director, she was wonderful in pushing me out into the community, which I love people, but I never experienced it in that way, the networking and um, showing your face in the community and getting involved in different organizations. And she pushed me out that way, um, which allowed me to meet new people and further our organization and our mission in the community um, and just, you know, push myself as a professional in the community so that I can be 
um, more known in the community. So, you know, I think that's interesting what you said with the your first director as giving you freedom and this autonomy, but also she gave you parameters, which it, such as what is your vision, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just do whatever yeah. you want, but what is your vision? So had you help yourself articulate what it is you wanted? And then I'm assuming she empowered you to, to do it. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And I was looking through and cleaning up my desktop and all of my folders on my laptop because I have things from who knows when. And I came across um, some of the documents from when I first started here back then. And I was looking at some of the list of the things that I wanted to do when I first started and what she had me doing. I was like, wow, these are some of the lists, you know, when she gave me guidance on, you know, write down some of the things that you wanted to do. And it felt good to go back and look at that list. It's like, wow, we've come so far since then. And I'm so thankful, you know, that she laid that foundation was like here, you know, make your vision, you know, write it out. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to see be done? So did you meet with her about it? Did she give you feedback or how how did that work? So it wasn't formal uh, feedback, but, you know, whenever there was something, because I can get extensive, I can be extra. And some of the things that I do, so, you know, like, okay, let's see your list. Okay. And we go through it. And, you know, some of the things she was like, wow, you know, she gave me great feedback. And then she was like, I don't know, you know. And so I knew then, you know, okay, so this is a good idea. Or if I got a, well, let's see. You know, if I got something like that, then I know, okay, let's maybe go back and work that or uh, that may have been a little too uh, ambitious. So um, I learned, you know, from her just picking up on the different tones and the way she responded. Okay, maybe this is a good idea, but maybe let's revisit this in the future when we, you know, have some more foundation and some more experience under my feet. So I love that because a lot of times, when we talk about management and and leadership and encouraging our workers, a lot of a lot of effort is spent on people who are underperforming. Right, this person's not living up to, or we need to encourage. We need to coax that vision out of that person, come alongside them, give them the tools and the rubrics. We don't talk too much about the extra person, the person who is super motivated, who can with these wonderful ideas, and they are great ideas burn themselves out, uh, make something too complicated, you know? And so how do we come alongside those people to help them be realistic for whatever's going on at that time? I think that sometimes managers who want to empower their employees certainly don't want that attitude of, you can't do that. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. This is the way we've always done it. But there's the other extreme of not telling somebody, hey, you're planning this community um, Super Bowl party and you want fireworks downtown. Like, you know, that that's a yeah, great that, idea, but. That would be me. I love fireworks. <laughs> if I could have ended my wedding on that note, I would have had fireworks. So that's, that's how extra I am. So just to let you know. So let's talk a little bit about that. So I know that you are um, high-performing, high-achieving. How do you personally address that so that you don't burn yourself out at work? So lately, what I've realized that I had to do um, is take a step back and, you know, think about, and I told my staff this as well, you know, what are some things that you have in your control? What are some things, you know, that you can control in your life that you can do something about? Like you can't do, always do something about the environment that you're in or the circumstances that you experience, but you have control over your life. 
And one of the things that I realized that I have to do as a mother, as a wife, and as a director, I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself first and foremost. And whether that be, you know, me finding a cleaning service to help out at the house a few times um, each month, or having someone to pick up the kids each week from school. It's whatever it is that's going to help you as a team employee, as a director, as a boss, take care of yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not going to be good for the team, for your family, or whoever it is that you need to be there for. And I've also told my team, I was like, guys, I'm going to probably take one day a month to, you know, go to the spa and get a massage and get a pedicure so that I can make sure that I'm my best self so that I can perform in the way that I need to. Um, So I encourage them to do the same because if they're not their best selves, then they're not going to give their best selves at work. So I want to make sure that we're all ready. And, you know, when we're coming to work, that we're ready to work and that we're our best selves. I really like that approach. It's being proactive. So instead of being reactive, I've fallen apart and now I need to take a week at the spa rather than at the front end, maintaining, checking in so that we can continue to do that good work. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I told my husband this past weekend, I was like, this is what I'm going to do each month. I'm going to take, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, how much does it cost? And I told him, he was like, okay, then. So it's like, all right, well, got your support, time to go on. And it's not like he would have, you know, like, no, but, you know, it's just hearing him, you know, yes, you need this, so go. Um, And so that's what I plan to do each month to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. I mean, you know that I work in conflict Mm -hmm. resolution spaces. And when we are regularly taking care of ourselves, then we are more likely to be able to deal with the conflicts that are going to come our way. Conflict is Mm -hmm. normal. It happens. And if we know it's around the corner, I mean, I know you deal with uh, community members, your own staff, some really serious mental and um, uh, physical health issues within the community. I mean, that's what you guys are about. And so if we do continue that maintenance and really know that if we're not in a conflict right now, it is around the corner. And so when we are mentally prepared and rested and coming to work prepared, then we're more likely to be able to not be caught unaware and be able to act in a consistent manner based on our values for whatever conflict comes up. Yes, absolutely. I always say I have my three P's like you have your three P's people plus personalities equals problem. Whenever you have people and personalities, there's always going to be some type of problem, whether it's good or it's bad. It's just the the ground that comes with having people who have different personalities. And that's just something that as a boss, as a employee that we have to learn to work around. That is it in a nutshell, isn't it? So Mm -hmm. many times we think the problem is the problem, but if you and I are having a certain kind of problem, but our personalities work really well together, it may not be a problem for us, right? Mm -hmm. We, we can work together. uh, And yet if it's uh, for whatever reason, depending on what, what comes up, right? It is our people personalities, right? The problem is usually not the problem Mm because what one person thinks is a problem. Somebody else might be like, oh, I get to learn or I get to try something new. Yeah. And that's I, very true. I love that. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing yeah. that down. I think that's fantastic. 
have have you um been given any advice or uh, about how to deal with adversity at work or or how do you approach that? I'd have to say one of the things that I've learned because if you know me, I absolutely hate conflict. I hate you know having adversity, but I do realize in my position and as I've grown um, that it's important to deal with it when it's happening. Deal with it in that moment. Don't let it fester. Don't wait, you know, two weeks down the road um, after the event or whatever it is that happened. Go ahead and address it at that time um, so that you can get it over with. It's not, you know, festering and you're having, you know, all of these different thoughts and the person, you know, whoever the adversity may be with, they may not have had an idea or maybe they knew and they're waiting on you to address it. So just go ahead and address it up front and figure out the solution of what to do next time this happens um, instead of just, you know, letting it happen and fester. You know, I think most people would agree with that, that, yeah, when you have a problem, address it up front. And yet I would say most people don't do that. So what, are, <laughs> so you have experienced not doing it, but now you've, ch- you through your own experience, you've changed. Uh, so what are barriers for people doing what they know is actually going to be better for everybody? I think for me, as someone who absolutely hates conflict, I think it's, you know, dealing with that person and, you know, just thinking about the conversation is like, okay, I don't want them to be mad at me, or I don't want to, you know, make the situation even worse by approaching it. And they have their own thought process of how things should go. Um, And so it's just the thought process of dealing with it and how they'll respond to what you have to say, or, you know, what may happen as a result of the conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's the unknown for most of us. We don't know. We don't know how they're going to respond. We know they're going to get mad mm-hmm. at us. Most, A lot of us want to be liked. And we, uh, some of us are people pleasers. And I think it's so important if we have that conversation with ourselves at the front end, I see this conflict. I feel uh, upset about it or nervous about it or scared about it or however I feel. Why do I feel this way? Is this feeling telling me something about why I shouldn't act or do I just need to address it so that I can act? Yeah. I think so much Mm -hmm. of a leader is being self-reflective. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely have to say, you know, and maybe this sounds a little crazy, but, you know, I think of all of the ways, all of the scenarios in my head, I just try to think about, okay, what if I say it this way? Or if I don't say anything, I just think of every scenario of approaching a situation and then thinking about what I could have done better afterwards or, you know, what can be done next time? What can I do better um, to make sure that this situation maybe isn't a situation in the future or how can we handle it next time? So. Have you seen a difference in how it has affected your staff when you approach things right away versus just kind of letting it go on? Yes, I have. I have a staff that are very, I have some staff members that are very outspoken, um, who are very opinionated. And so for them, their personality is completely opposite of mine. And so when you 
hit, you know, when you approach things and nip it in the bud as soon as it happens for them, it's like, thank you. Thank you for dealing with that instead of just waiting and, you know, letting it go on and fester for days. So I know my staff appreciates that. And, you know, there is value in handling it, dealing with it like adults and getting it over with and seeing how to move forward uh, on good terms for everyone. I would have to say that, Courtney, one thing that I've learned from you, because we've worked together a little bit, uh, is the power of listening and the power of silence. I, or the pregnant pause, whatever it is, I'm not exactly (laughs) sure how how to tell you the magic that Courtney works when you talk to her and she just, like that, just listens. And making space. I mean, I have seen it when you make space. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's one thing to see it in action. And so I appreciate that. I have learned that and use it, try to use it, employ it uh, for myself because many people are uncomfortable with silence. I have a tendency to want to fill the silence, but that's uh, typically not helpful. Yeah. Mm hmm. I think with conflict yeah. resolution and de-escalation, we have to look at our own tendencies and see how we're getting in our own way. How are we getting in the way of success? And success here is um, win-win restorative solutions for all parties involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the different places that you've worked and the different colleagues that you've had, is there a situation that stands out as being difficult for you with a, a person or an organization? And what was it that was hard for you about it? I definitely have to say from personal experience, I would think before I came to the coalition um, in my role um, at the bank and at the bank, obviously you need your people there. It's not like the coalition here where we're flexible. And so we need everyone you know, in their place um, because we have customers coming in and out daily. And I just think back to, you know, a time where I had to request vacation over a whole year. And so for me, I was a newbie in the place. And so I got the last pick of vacation. Well, first of all, if you know anything about Enneagrams, I'm a seven. And I like to maximize every opportunity that I can get. And so this is just me being a typical seven thinking about that. And so when I scheduled out my vacation, I maximized that opportunity. I looked at the calendar. I said, okay, which months have a holiday? So I took each Friday and made it a three-day weekend. And so I was like, okay, we're going to make sure that I take advantage of all of these holidays and make it a long three-day weekend, whereas everyone else is. I'm scheduling my week, you know, in June and all of this other stuff. No, I took that opportunity. And so... Well, it came about that, you know, obviously we couldn't do that. And I was like, oh, we can't. That's that's not allowed. And they were like, no, you can't do that. I was like, well, no one else selected those days. I, You know, I had last pick and no one else selected it. So I thought that was okay. And so they were like, no, you can't do that. You can only do two Fridays. And, was, you know, hear me. I'm asking questions. It's like, where in the policy does it say that? I've never heard of that. This is my first time. Well, long story short, that became a big deal. Like we had like two different bosses to come in and sit me down and like, Courtney, this is, this is not, no, you can't do this. This is not allowed. And I'm like, well, that's not in the policy. Like, how can that be, you know, 
said that that's the policy if it's not in the policy. And so we went back and forth for a while. I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just let it go and, you know, brush it off my shoulder. So from that moment, I knew I was like, "Mm, no, I don't, you know, want to be somewhere where there aren't clear expectations or clear policies or there are policies that I should know about, quote unquote, but it's not really written anywhere as an expectation or policy. And so from that moment, I knew that it's time for me to go, which I'm thankful for that moment uh, that pushed me away from that and pushed me into the coalition. Um, And so I would still say, even with the experiences in the coalition, everything needs to be clear. All your expectations need to be clear and written out so that there is not um, any miscommunication, any misunderstandings, because that can cause a lot of heartache and pain across the board for anyone. Um, No matter what the situation may be, be as clear and transparent as possible when it comes to the communication as far as policies and what it is that you're expecting from your employees. So that's a really interesting and telling example. Uh, Vacation could be a very sore spot for people. People don't take their vacation because they feel like if I'm not here, I'm going to be missing out. If I'm not here, I'm going to be penalized. I'm definitely not a fan of unlimited um, vacation or personal days uh, because the message we're getting from that is, uh, yeah, you can take it, but -hmm. if you take it, something's wrong. And so, and so to look at the, to look at the schedule and say, Hey, this is what works for me. And someone to say, well, as if you're trying to do something wrong or you're trying to pull one over or you don't care about where you work instead of the opposite. Why not have the opposite? Like, wow, what a fantastic idea. I bet you won't mm-hmm. be able to do that next year because somebody with seniority yeah. might choose it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And celebrate maximizing the benefits of an organization instead of being berated and probably mm-hmm. felt to be small when I think that's actually very brilliant use. And so that's another thing that we need, I think, in our organizations, our mentors right away, because you do have, you know, what what your expectations are for your job should be written out and be clear, but not everything can be there, right? The workplace culture. So someone should tell you the workplace culture. Well, here, uh, we don't say it's not formally written, but we don't schedule meetings on Fridays. That's just kind of what we do here. So if you can avoid it, we, you know, but maybe some places that's a written out policy and other places that's just sort of how we operate. But if we all know that, then we know that. And we mm-hmm. can't expect somebody who's just coming on to not schedule every meeting on Friday because that might have been how they did it before or they see everybody's calendar is free, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that clear articulation, I imagine if somebody at the bank had said, oh, Courtney, that looks so neat what you did. But I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you that we have this unwritten policy that we don't do this. And they gave you like an excellent reason why. And you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah, I'll do something different. I bet you would have had a different response. Maybe. 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 I'm not going to say I would have backed down from that one because I feel like that was great use. But yes, probably would have, you know, been more receptive to it. Yeah. um, Had it been approached differently. Yeah. And certainly if somebody might have said, you know, we I didn't realize it wasn't articulated. This has been our our tradition because X, Y, and Z, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then it might have it might have been, yeah, hard to take, but maybe you might not have clicked this, they don't want me here. 
They don't really yeah. care about me. They care more about their policies than my well-being. And so I don't want to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything like when you were you're in your first job, TJ Maxx, and uh, when you're first starting out that used to bother you about coworkers or the work environment that you realize as you've gotten older and, and grown as a leader that just not an issue for you anymore? Not off the top that I can think about. When you think about TJ Maxx, I think more so that side of that was the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, having to deal with different types of customers and um, the things that they come in the store with, you never know what you would hit, be hit with with some customers. Um, and so I would say that would be the you know only thing that it was probably something I had to figure out how to work around in that work environment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily the team or the bosses for those. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's really what I what I was I'm interested in in growth as we grow and develop. And I think that when you are first put into a customer service. A role and you're dealing with the public, which means everybody, all right? You, and TJ Maxx is everybody, right? Yes, absolutely. And in learning how to do that. And now, I mean, you work with the public regularly in many different roles, professional role out in the community. You are, you are involved in many different organizations and the, the prevention work that you do. Absolutely. And I'll say, I'll go back to TJ Maxx. Like you said, with the customers, we had, you know, every type of customer that you could ever imagine coming in the store. Um, and, you know, you had your entitled customers and you had your, you know, customers who, you know, may try to slide something past you and try to, you know, maybe steal something. And it's just all kinds of things that you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine that I had to encounter um, as a retail employee. And you know, learning to work around those type of things and work with different people in the public has been very helpful um, throughout my time, either, you know, with the bank and with the coalition. I think that really helped dealing with different types of individuals in the public. So, yeah, I love thinking about first jobs and when we're in them, we, you know, we're just young and we were just taking it because it's a job and Mm-hmm. We don't know really the riches of learning. And a lot of that learning is why do I have to do this? Or can you believe this person was like this mm-hmm. or, or colleagues or whatever it is, but then you realize, oh, okay, I, I need to learn how to deal with this. I need to learn how to, and it just, we may not even realize we're doing it, but as we look back, so, it serves us. So many valuable experiences, even out of the smallest roles. Yeah. So as we say, and I think it really is true. There is no small role. It's, mm-hmm. it's how we see it. You could have the biggest role. You could be the CEO, the director of your organization. And, uh, as so much of it is our attitude. What, what do we think we're learning? We're in this constant growth mindset, as you already mentioned with issues that you have, um, that come up. If you're thinking about, well, how, how did I deal with it this time? How can I deal with it next time? It helps us to really understand, even in the moment, what's going on, because we know that this is preparing us for whatever is coming down the road. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What is um, the best piece of work advice you've ever received? I guess we've already covered this, but I'll say it again. Always, just always be clear in your communication. Be transparent in what it is that you're expecting 
um, from the people who work with you so that they can, you know, know what it is. Don't assume that they know what you want and, you know, you tell them what to do. And then you have this whole vision in your mind of what it is that you're wanting, but you weren't, you didn't share that vision with them. You just told them, you know, Hey, go, you know, reserve this and blah, blah, blah. And you have this whole vision in your mind of how it works. And they go and they do what they thought you wanted them to do, but that's not what you wanted because you didn't relay the expectations and you didn't share your vision with them. They came back with something totally different than what you would have expected. Um, and so I just say, always, always be clear um, in your communication to whoever it is that you're working with so that both parties have a clear understanding. And I'll also say we're currently reading um, a book by Ron Clark called Move Your Bus, and it has the different type of individuals that you'll have within the organization. And in that book, one of the things that he discusses, he says um, that you should always have high expectations of people um, because when you do, they'll meet them. Now, I'm not saying confuse that with abuse your employees and just work them, work them, work them and just get all that you can out of them. But when you have high expectations, when you set the bar high for your team, they're going to meet you there. They're going to do what they're supposed to do um, and get the job done. And I just feel like that is something that I've noticed, you know, when you said, and my team makes, you know, little jokes about me. Well, it's Courtney. So you know that, yeah, you know that I'm going to have high expectations and I like things to look a certain way because that's just who I am. Um, I feel like, you know, perception and how you're perceived in the public, that's everything. What people see, you know, they may not see you again, but what they see is what they'll remember. So, yeah, I love that. Excellence and having high expectations, right? So if this is where mm -hmm. our bar is and we're trying to get there, we may not always get there, but if mm -hmm. our expectation is good enough, done is done. Uh, there's a saying that some people have in colleges, D is done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I always hated that as a teacher, D is done, but uh, you know, I suppose. Um, but then what do you get? If that's your expectation, then you got a D or you got good enough, which is a C. But if you're, mm -hmm. if you want excellence and you may not make it, you're going to be closer to that, mm -hmm. right? I was going to say, now you may fail a few times before you get there, but you know where the bar is and you know yeah. what you're working to, yeah. you know, you're working towards. So, and it's okay to fail. Um, and yeah. that's with my assistant director. We always talk about all the time. She, you know, lets people know her kids know um, that she works with at church it's okay to fail because that means that you're trying. You just come back and try again until you reach whatever it is, that goal, whatever it is, that bar. Um, just keep trying until you succeed. So, Yeah, I love that. When you have that mindset that you just discussed, then you really have a room for mistakes. In other words, humans, humans make mm -hmm. mistakes. We are capable of excellence if we are encouraged to do that. Um we're also capable of mediocrity or barely meeting the, the 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 bar. And I like to think about having a high bar, like the bar for honesty. I think that people should be truthful all of the time. That means a hundred percent, because if you're not a hundred percent truthful, or at least that's where the bar is, what are we saying? Well, be truthful 80% of the time, which means you're 20% mm -hmm. liar. That's acceptable. Yeah. No, the, the acceptable bar is a hundred percent. We not may, we may not meet it. We may fail, but that means we did fail. We'd made a mistake. 
but that's where we're going. And it's okay. As we morally progress, try to be better than we were before, learn, um, and in our work, but we should shoot for excellence, uh, in all that we do, especially when, you know, the work that you do at the coalition, will you tell our listeners a little bit about, about the work at the coalition? Uh, so what we do here with the coalition, um, we work to reduce substance misuse and abuse um, in Weekly County. And we do that through presentations, through interactive education opportunities, through booths in the community. And we just encourage the community to make informed decisions when it comes to their health um, so that they can know that these substances can be detrimental to their bodies and to their health. And we want them to know the impact that it can have on their health in the long run, even in the you know short time that they use it. We want to make sure that they know what they're doing and how it can impact them and even their families. Because um, we know that addiction, it affects not just that individual, but those connected to them. So one last question I have for you, uh, as you Absolutely. look into the future of work and you think about your kids, it's going to be a little while, especially for your youngest out into the workforce. What do you hope that they'll encounter? How do you hope that the world of work has changed uh, so that they are able to not only be respected at work, but flourish? Thinking about my kids, I would definitely say, especially my youngest, I hope for environments that are open to, you know, autonomy and open to, you know, creativity because she is a creative little being and she loves creating whatever it is she has such an imagination that you know that is just out of this world and so I hope that that is welcome in the future wherever she lands herself wherever she finds herself and the same for my son I hope that they find an environment where it's welcome where they feel like they are open to share express their creativity um, and that it's welcome and it's received with open arms um, whenever they share those things so I hope the best for them, Whatever, wherever they land, I hope that, you know, it's a good fit for them. Courtney, I ask this question regularly, and I don't believe, I think you are maybe the 40th person I've asked this to. I don't know if anyone has ever said creativity. And I love that because when I think about human flourishing and what 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 is true about human nature, a part of human nature, I think an integral part is about creating. And we create in all different kinds of ways. Creation is not just the artist who paints, but but cultivating, that's, that, that is a growth mindset. It is taking advantage of that person's unique character and their gifts. I just think that's brilliant. I love that. And I'll say, and the reason I say creativity, because if you know my four-year-old, you'll know that she comes up with some wild things. And so- just thinking about this past Christmas, one of the things that she wanted for Christmas, she asked for a box. And everyone's like, a box? Like, does she want something in the box? No, she wanted an empty box so that she cre- she could create herself a fruit smoothie stand. And so, <laughs> so she wanted to, yeah, she wanted to decorate it. And so she wanted a box to create a fruit smoothie stand and sell some of the best fruit smoothies that you could ever imagine and so I was like, okay, girl. So she was so excited when she got that box, but it's just little things like that. She loves using her imagination and thinking outside the box, literally. <laughs> <laughs> that 
God, that's wonderful. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for of your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney, so much for sharing your time and insights with us today on Conflict Managed. Thank you for listening to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Conflict Managed is produced by third-party workplace conflict restoration services. You can find them online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. If there's someone you would like to see interviewed on Conflict Managed, or if you have any questions for our guests, please let us know. If you are interested in little one-minute videos on conflict resolution, I'm on TikTok at 3P Conflict Restoration. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care.